the Tooth Be Told. This is uh, Dr. Kradok. And this is Dr. Walter Aka. Today's episode is going to be fun, actually. Um, a lot of people have been asking us to do this episode. It's on implants. Oh, so you're already, you have a little... Dental implants. Oh, okay. Not... Oh, okay. Not... You know, oh, okay. plastic surgery. Just, you got you to make sure. I, Dental implants. You, you, were, you were a little too happy when you, I, this, <laughs> this came up, so I just assumed. Hey, I'm just kidding. We're talking about dental implants, oh, okay. everybody, not, not any other implants. Okay, okay. Okay. All right, cool. okay. So we are going to kind of tell you a story. We want to start from the beginning to the end and explain to you the whole process of getting an implant, what it entails, how you start from beginning to end, and what the final product should look like. And any, and hopefully we'll answer questions as we go along the way. Talk about who's a good candidate for an implant, who's not a good candidate for an implant. We'll talk about different factors that cause an implant to succeed or fail. Okay. Right? So let's start, let's start with the, you know, the first question is who, who needs an implant? Who needs an implant and what is an implant? Yeah. Okay. So, who needs an implant if you have a tooth that's missing? Okay. And that, let me preface, if you have a wisdom tooth, no one cares about that, right? Because most people get their wisdom tooth taken out anyway, right? But if you have a tooth that's missing and you used to, you used it to function. An adult to, tooth An that's adult missing. tooth that's missing and you need use it to function or you never had that tooth, but it's missing, right? So sometimes people don't have uh, uh, eye tooth or canines. Or people just never developed a, a lateral, right, which is the tooth that's right next to your central teeth, the middle teeth. Right next right? to your two front teeth, yeah. Two, exactly. So sometimes that doesn't develop at all. Uh, so we can actually place an implant there. And okay. so the next question is, so what is an implant? An implant, for lack of better words, is basically a screw, a titanium screw, or it could be other materials, but mostly it's titanium. 99.9% of the time it's titanium. So is this like a, say I get knee surgery and they put a screw in my knee or ankle? Exactly, the same material, okay. right? Because the titanium we found, it actually works well with your body. It's very inert, meaning that it doesn't react to anything at all. It doesn't go off. Some people ask me, oh, well, if I go through metal detectors, is that going to go off? No, it will not go off. It doesn't beep. It doesn't do any of that stuff because it's just, it's very inert. It doesn't react too much. So okay. the, the titanium we put into your jaw, and it sounds very painful, but it really is not. Most of the that time. sounds god awful. Right. But most of the time, you can actually get an implant placed just by getting numb. So if you get numb to get a root canal or a crown or a filling done, the same exact um, numbness we do to uh, get an implant. So you don't have to be put to sleep. You don't have to be put to sleep. But sometimes people just feel more comfortable because they're like, oh, my God, I don't even want to know what you're doing in there. I just want to wake up and have my implant in there and everything's good to go. Okay. Okay? So basically the implant is the screw place in the jaw it's just a screw it's like it's if you were trying to place a screw in, in wood or something that's exactly it and one thing that you you know i was telling my patients is just like a screw that you want to place in wood you need to make sure that the, the screw itself is covered by that wood right so the, all the threads on the screw is completely covered so whenever you place an implant you need to ha- make sure that you have the width and the height that you need, right? So that width that and height of bone. Bone, yes, sir. Width and height of bone. So you need to make sure that you have enough bone so that the implant sits in there comfortably and isn't going to be exposed. The threads of the implant aren't going to be exposed, and you need to have enough height or length so that you can get long enough implant in there that's going to function properly for a very long time. And when, so, when you say function, you mean being able to being take a, the, the, the pressure and load of, of chewing. Just regular, t- exactly, chewing and functioning mm-hmm. with a tooth. Okay, so that's uh, for quality. So you need, and, and also you also need good quality bone too. You can't have mushy bone and think that, that that's going to hold your implant. 
No mushy needs, bone. No mushy bone. It needs to be as strong as possible. Str- strong like ox. I guess so. I don't know what, why. Would you, I, I don't why? know. It, I, I felt like this episode was going in such a good direction. You, you were getting too hyped about this. I, ha- I have to No, I, I get excited because, it, <laughs> you know, it's such a wonderful tool, but I feel like sometimes it's overly, you know, simplified and abused and used, but people need to understand what they're getting themselves into. Okay. So two things, right? You need good quality bone and you need good quantity of bone, meaning what, what the makes width it and good, the height. Good quality. Strong, strong bone that's not, like I said, not mushy. You need strong enough bone to hold it. You know? Are there any things that can make bone mushy in a certain patient, certain conditions? Well, okay, are we talking about like if you have radiation or if you have like diabetes and you can't yeah. heal? Okay, well, we'll get to that. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll break that up and we'll get to that. Yeah, I so guess, I'm, jump, I'm, guess I'm jumping. You are I'm jumping, jumping the line way ahead. Here. So let's talk about what an implant is. So we, we discuss what an implant is. We discuss who is a good qual- candidate for an implant. So now... Imagine a patient comes into your office and they have a tooth that doesn't function anymore. The tooth is broken down because of cavity or it's infected or something and you cannot do a root canal. You can't, you can't use You can't tooth. save the tooth. You can't save the tooth. It needs to come out. Let's talk about the steps to go from beginning to end here. Okay. Patient comes in, tooth, you can't save it. We tell the patient they're upset about it, but we say, hey, we'll be able to get you an implant there. Well, you have multiple options. Let's start with that. You have okay. multiple options. You have get an implant, get a bridge, get a denture. Take the tooth and do nothing. And let's just say the patient is very smart and, 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 and really trusts us and everything. They say, you know what? I want the best. Let's get you an implant. Right? And not every case is the implant the best option. Not every single case. But in this situation, we're going to assume that is the best option. Right? Because um, we have the good quality and good quantity it's the of best. bone. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll assume that it's the best. We have good quality, good quantity bone. Patient comes in. So we got to take this tooth out. When we take the tooth out, now we have a socket, a hole right there. Right? And we can fill the hole with the implant if there's not an infection in it. So th- so we've hit the first thing, right? Why would a patient not get an implant after the tooth comes out? Main thing is infection. Infection. If there's an infection in that socket, we have to clean that out. And then what we do is we put bone in there. And we'll later on another episode, we'll talk about what the bone is made of and all that stuff. But basically, we put bone in there, and that bone needs to form into your own bone in order to for us to get a good implant in it. And for and for the viewers, how long does that take? If you really look at the numbers and look at research, you're looking at three to four months. Okay. For that bone to turn over into your own strong bone before we can place an implant. Remember what I say, we don't want mushy bone. We want strong, healthy bone. So that takes about three to four months. Okay. So we got the good bone in there, right? So Another we, reason we, why we can't place an implant at the same time is if a person is a heavy smoker. Why does, why does that uh, limiting factor? Right. So if you're a heavy smoker then we can break it down to the carbon monoxide reduces the amount of oxygen to to help your healing tissue. Another thing, the nicotine constricts your blood vessels so that we're not getting that good quality blood flow and everything to heal that area. Okay. So we're cutting off oxygen, and then on top of that, we're restricting the healing process, the blood and everything that goes into that area to heal that area. So are you saying that anybody that smokes is not a candidate for implants? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. What I'm saying is that smokers have less um, less success rate when it comes to uh, implants, right? And you have to almost take your time with them. You have okay. to make sure that you do step-by-step. Step. You don't force your body to do too much. Okay. Right? So maybe you don't get the implant. If you're a heavy smoker, if you're a heavy, heavy smoker, you don't get the implant the same day the tooth comes out. Even if you don't have an infection, you don't get the, the implant the same day the tooth comes out. Maybe it has to heal first. Once it heals, then we go back in there and do a second surgery to place that implant into your bone. I see. Okay. You see, so you have to take your time. Another thing we can talk about is your overall oral health. 
meaning that um, how well do you take care of teeth, your oral hygiene. If a patient has periodontal disease or just isn't taking care of their teeth or their oral cavity well, you don't want to place an implant immediately either because you know that they have an infection around your implant site. You okay. see what I'm saying? So if you have infection around your implant site, you don't want to, again, uh, expose that to that implant, which is completely sterile, by the way. The implant is completely sterile. So you take it out of a sterile container and you put it into an area that you're hoping is very clean. No bacteria, no infection, nothing. So let me let me ask you this. With with that, I mean, most of the time if they're losing a tooth, right, it's because of uh, neglect. Okay, right? maybe. Not always, right? Not Sometimes always. a tooth could break just because yeah. they bit on something. But in in some instances, it is because of neglect, right? Okay. So we'll, we'll say yes for the sake of argument. No, I'm just it's in this in this situation. Say it is because of neglect. Okay. Do you want to see a period of improved oral hygiene before you place that as well? Yeah. If they if they have you know bone loss or periodontal disease, absolutely. I'm not going to place an implant on someone who has active periodontal disease, meaning they're losing bone and they have tons of plaque, calculus, tartar everywhere. I'm not going to place an implant on you. I'll take the tooth out. And I'll let that area heal, but I'm not placing that implant. Because it's unpredictable. Because, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So now where are we at here? So basically the tooth comes out. We decided, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to let that area heal. So we let it heal for three to four months. Mm-hmm. Then the patient comes back. When now the patient what? comes back. So now we talk about, okay, so I'm going to place the implant. right? I'm going to place this screw in your jaw. right? Again, it sounds way worse than it really is. Right. It usually doesn't take that long to do this procedure. So you place the screw in there and then you think to yourself, so what's the success rate? Like how successful is this implant going to be in my jaw? 100%, right? No. There's nothing that's 100%. Are you nothing. serious? There's nothing? nothing in this world that's 100%. Let's be real. You know what I mean? I've heard somebody say that. Well, they're lying to you. Right? <laughs> so let's look at the mouth as a whole, okay? The front and the back. The front teeth and the back teeth. The front jaw and the back jaw. The success rate goes like this. The most successful is the bottom front area. The least successful is the back top molar area. Least successful is the back top molar area. The most successful is the front lower jaw. Why? Quantity of bone and quality of bone. Actually, it's more quality of bone. Sorry. Quality Quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. (laughs) Meaning that that bone is very strong. Lower bottom jaw, front. Is very a very strong. strong bone. So the success rate is really high in the 90s. The back top jaw, the success rate's looking in the 80s because it's actually softer bone. And that's just how your bone is made. Okay. That's how your jaw is made, I should say. You see? Overall, you're looking at about 83% for the top overall jaw and 92% for the lower success rate. And when you say success rate, how how long... Are you? What What is your criteria for success? They're usually talking about five years or more. Five years or more. Yes, okay. Sir. Yeah. So that's the success rate. So now the implant's in. You let it heal for another four months, five months, depending on you know uh, what you did or if you had to do additional stuff. But we'll say four months just to make it easy. Four months it heals. And what do you wait? What do you What do you want to see in those four months? What What determines if it's three months or four months or five months? So, as far as the implant healing. Right. So um, the way we identify implant success is called osteointegration, meaning if you were to look at it from an uh, uh, electron microscope, you want to see that the bone has actually touched the implant or has integrated or mixed within the threads of the implant. 
it doesn't fuse to it completely, right? Because there's still a little bit of space, but it's close enough that under a microscope you'll still see that. Oh wow, it looks like it's fused to it. But the so basically, the patient's bone has fused has fused with the yes. implant. Okay, right. So that's osteointegration. Okay, okay. So it's fused to the implant, so it's not going anywhere. It's really tough, and it's really there. It's just going to hold in there, right? That's what we want to look for. Okay. We also want to look if the first look, we want to make sure that there's no infection whatsoever. So you want to make sure there's no infection. You want to make sure there's no redness, no pain. If you have pain after about a after about two or three weeks then there's a problem. Usually when you place an implant, you don't have that much pain. If you do, have your dentist evaluate that area, have the surgeon evaluate that area because most likely you have an infection or something starting up in that area. Implants, again, don't react too much to your body. So after a while, after initial like two to three days, four or five days a week at most, the soreness goes away. Are there any, any patients that just naturally their body will reject an implant? I don't want to say reject, but there are people that are contraindicated for the implant therapy, meaning that uh, it's their success rate's a lot lower. Okay. Okay. So meaning somebody who has uh, uncontrolled diabetes. Okay. Uncontrolled diabetes, not just someone who has diabetes, but uncontrolled. So your numbers are shooting the two hundreds and and above. That person needs to probably see a physician anyway. But uncontrolled diabetes because they don't heal properly. They have very poor healing. Okay. Right? And then someone who has radiation in that area that you're working on. So if you have radiation in that area, that means, again, you're not going to heal properly. The bone is not going to form like it normally would. It wouldn't heal accordingly. So you actually could get kind of breakdown in the cross, die. Around the implant. Around that implant. Okay. If you have radiation in that area. Okay? Another thing is just poor, like, grinders, someone who grinds or bruxes or stuff like that. Those patients usually don't do with well with implants because of the fact that they could traumatize and affect that the the implant. Okay, you're putting a lot of force in that implant, and that and that force doesn't have uh, anywhere to go but to to weaken that right. that fused bond, right? Exactly, bond. exactly. And then once you weaken that bond, that's beautifully put. Once you weaken that bond, then it's just going to break, and then there you go. That implant's now spinning. Yeah, it's not staying what it should the way it's, it's supposed to be. And then also people that have limited jaw opening, meaning you can't open all the way because you have locked jaw or some other issue and you can't open all the way, it makes it very, very difficult, almost impossible to place that implant in the proper position. So that's why they're saying limited jaw opening. And then people with, like we talked about at the beginning, poor quantity and quality bone. Okay. Those patients, you don't really want to do implants on them okay. without having to build it up or do other, other stuff to it. Uh, and then the, the one that I actually like is uh, age, but I'm not saying you like age. No, no. I mean, let me explain. Right, a lot of people go, "I'm too old for an implant." I've heard that. Yeah, that's not true. You never can never too be too old. old for an implant, but you can always you can be too young for an implant. Okay. Right, because I mean, you know this age. Tell me about age and, and the jaw. Well, I mean, you know that through adolescence, you know your jaw is still still progressing and, and growing, so you can't place an implant in something that's going to be changing. Uh, the placement is going to be changed. Correctly. Exactly. So we want to wait till they're past uh, their all their jaw growth is pretty much complete before we place an implant, right? So about eighteen years old. That's I mean yeah in, in the w. literature they say for boys seventeen years old for girls sixteen years old. Yeah. But I I usually say eighteen and nineteen. I usually wait until they're going to college. Okay. That's when I usually place implants. But you're right. That's exactly it. The the implant's going to move. If the jaw is not done developing. Uh, and then we talked about disinfected sites. Infected sites, 
you don't want to place an implant in, a, in someone who has an infected area. You need to clean that out, make sure that there's no infection before you place the implant. So now we've placed the implant, okay? We've let it heal. Uh-huh. Then you come in, right? Oh, this, so so now this is all you. I'm done. I've done the surgery. Yeah, you're just and hopefully, you're your hands the whole situation. <laughs> hopefully you're happy with the surgery and you say, you know what, Dr. Aki, you did all right this time. Right. And then, <laughs> and then I say, Dr. Kradok, please work your matching because no one cares about what I do. Why? Because it's what they, it's what they see. So you're the magic maker. You're the guy that says, you know what? I'm going to make it look sexy. Okay. So, so the implant's done. It's healed beautifully. We haven't had any issues at all. Right. So what we do is we put what we call a heel in abutment, meaning it's just like a, sil- like a silver screw. Or a silver, like, how would you want to even call it? Like a silver, it, like, it, it dome is, in a way, right? It is like a dome. Yeah. And what it does is it, it trains your tissue to accept the crown that Dr. Kradok is going to put on there. So you have the implant underneath the bone, underneath the uh, the the gums. Underneath and the gums, then service, yeah. we're basically trying to give you a junction, uh, a connection between the implant underneath the gums and the crown above the gums. And that's what we do. We have to train the tissue to accept it and mold the tissue to accept the shape of the crown. And this is when Dr. Creator comes in. So I'm going to shut up. And yeah. <laughs> this, I mean, and, and you, you said it pretty eloquently. I mean, uh, essentially we're trying to train, train the gums uh, so that when we restore the implant, it looks like a tooth coming out naturally. Um, we'll place a screw into the implant. The gums will go around that. And once we get the gum contour to the way that we want, then that's the time we take an impression. Um, because basically what I want to do is I want to cre- recreate what we call an emergence profile, but basically how it's coming out of the gums to make it look like a natural tooth. So uh, we take an impression, uh, and basically we use uh, an abutment, which is going to be the interface between the uh, implant and the crown, final crown that goes onto it to get that, that contour, that emergence profile. So the abutment, correct me if I'm wrong, right, mm-hmm. tells the laboratory or tells you if you, you're going to create the crown, yeah. how the um, crown is going to come out of the gums. Exactly. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just for your sake. It's not for the imp- for the patient or anything at all. No. You, this part the patient even could care less about, but this is the process that it takes to get your crown. And, and patients, in, in practice, patients never understand what an abutment is or why it's needed. I, I, I try to make it simple and say, hey, look, to make this, this tooth whole again, we need three parts. The implant was placed. I need a part that connects the implant to the final crown that I, that I, that I placed on here. So and 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 it's basically just the goal in between. Without it, I couldn't put a crown on the implant. Uh, it wouldn't work. Um, so this is ba- so that so when you hear the abutment, know that it's something vital. But it's basically for uh, it's basically to recreate your the way the tooth is is coming out of the the implant. Yeah, I think you, you said it best. It's kind of the connection. Yeah, the connection between the implant and the crown. Exactly. The crown, the part that you see and the part you don't see. Exactly. We need a connector, and that's the abutment. And then the, the last step is the easiest is is the crown, right? So a crown like you would get on any other tooth that was still in place and not re- replaced with an implant. The crown is just going to make it look, uh, put the final touch on it and make it look uh, whole. But the the funny thing about it is, you may say that uh, you know I have to make it look sexy, but what the the specialist does in the beginning uh, determines a lot on how sexy I can make it look. You see what he you see what he just did right there. You brought it back to me again. Yeah, I, I did. told you I'm out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they always want to be out. I always want to. Well, I want it to look this way. It looks a little bit off to the side, or these are these are things that we that we try to correct, and most of the time we can. But you know, this is and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's it, it's usually a compromise between the two, right? 
of of implant placement and the aesthetics at the end because like you said you have to go where there's good quality bone and you have to go where there's uh where it's stable where it's not infected area when i'm restoring it i have to go off what is placed there for me so a lot of times when we restore implants especially in the front uh in the in the anterior or in, in the front of the mouth patients may say well i wish it was a little bit this way i wish we have to do things with that abutment, that interface that we talked about, to try to correct that. And sometimes, it, even then, it can be a little bit limited. The The whole point is that, you know, it's it starts with you, right? right. right. It ends with me, but um, we have to compromise to make a good result. Right, and then also communication. Yeah. You know, I, I do believe that. And patients, I think, kind of get the idea that the dentist, you know, and the surgeon or the, you know, the restoring doctor and the surgeon need to be on the same page. Yeah. I can't just place it anywhere and be like, oh, implant plays good. Get out of here. <laughs> and then you come back and you're like, what am I going to do with this? Exactly. Right, because it's sideways. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense at all, right? I can't, <laughs> can't place it just because, oh, oh, here's the bone. Sideways. Bop, boop, bop. Get, get out of here. I did my job, right? So I have to come to you and say, what are you trying to do? How do you want the area to look? Where is the crown going to be, right? Yeah. So then you give me where the crown is going to be, and then I say, okay, I can place the implant here. And if I can't, right, then, then there are some times where your dentist will ask you to go get a 3D image of your bone so that they can actually look to see where the bone is, right? And, and, and if we can place the implant in that area. If we cannot, because, again, we don't have the quantity of bone, if we can't do that, then we have to do additional surgeries to build that bone up so that we can place it in the proper area. Most of the time, you can, but there are some times where you can't. And that's when uh, a doctor, a good doctor, and a good surgeon will look at each other and say, yeah, we don't have enough bone here. What, do we, what should we do to get this implant where we want it to be? Right? Because exactly. in the end, where the crown goes is where the implant should also go. Exactly. So the, the restoring doctor, doctor who gives you the beautiful crown, needs to let the surgeon say, you, you know, they got, they got to let them know, hey, I want the implant here. Can you do this or can you not do this? And if the doctor says, the surgeon says, I can't do this, then, okay, can you help me get to this point? And they say, yeah, I can build it up or do whatever. Exactly. I, so I, in the end, you lead everything. I just follow. Which, which, which will bring us to a topic we'll talk about in the future, which is, is guided surgery, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Basically, whenever you use a three-dimensional image and uh, you actually kind of, you draw everything on the... Uh, computer. Mm -hmm. So you guide yourself on the computer, make sure everything is done properly before you go into the mouth. You basically start with the with the end goal in mind from the beginning, right? Just that's like right. you said. So that's another topic, and what we won't, you know, today's just let's explain to them what an implant is and how do we go from beginning to end. So right? wait, we one thing we didn't we 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 started with this. We kind of gave them some time frame, but. Um, as far as like restoring the implant, I didn't really give them any time frames. I mean, essentially, you've done all the hard work I'll, in terms of length, right? Right. We've been waiting, you know, say they, we took the tooth out, we waited four months. Mm -hmm. uh, then we placed the implant, we waited another four months, so right? Eight months. So we're at eight months now. At this point, when you get to your, to your, you know, dentist who's going to restore the implant, now the process can kind of speed up um, a little bit. Oh yeah, a lot more. A lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of it. I mean, your body, you're basically waiting for your body to heal. Yes. That's what takes so long. That's what takes, exactly. So now what takes everything's so long. healed. So now, doctor, now we're just waiting on, on people to do their job at the lab. Uh, you know, these things take weeks, you know, so you're, you're probably looking once the, that eight months is over, maybe another month before you have a finished, 
uh, crown if if you're going, you know, once uh, once a, every two weeks. Right. You know, so two appointments and, and you're done. At least in my office, that's how it works. Right. And, you know, one thing that I will say is if you take your time, if you're patient, I always tell my patients, listen, be patient. If you are patient, you'll get a great result. And that, that implant and crown combination will function like a regular tooth again. So you've now done something that is just, I mean, truly, it's amazing because it took you a long time to, to get to this point, right? And now mm-hmm. you want us to restore everything overnight. That's not going to be the case. You got to take your time. You got to be patient. And if you are patient, I promise you the results are going to be really good. Okay. And if you do that, I promise you, you're going to have fun. You're going to not even want to notice that you have an implant anymore because you can floss it normally. You can chew on it normally. You just, you use it like you use your other teeth. You know, I always tell people, you know what? I can't do what God already did, but yeah, you've gotten pretty close now. Not pretty close. Know, yeah, close enough where, you know, you can still function and act like it's your, it's a regular tooth again. Exactly. So, so I mean, be, being patient is key. That's right. That's right. I hope that this was well this, explained. This was a very technical one, but it I, was. I mean, I think a lot of people don't know, uh, you know, what, what are, well, actually, I shouldn't say I, I think. I know patients come to me all the time and, oh, I have an implant placed here and they don't have an implant. Um, or, oh, I want an implant and I'm going on a cruise tomorrow. I want to be able to chew on it. So they don't even have a, like a, a concept of that. This is going to take a while. It's not something, uh, we're not going to do the surgical procedure and restore your tooth in one day. Uh, and you're just going to go about your merry, merry life. And, and I, and I think there's even some places that advertise that, but, uh, it's kind of misleading, right? Right. Yeah. I no, mean, nobody's replacing a, an actual tooth, a single tooth in a day. With no follow up at all, yeah, at all, th- that doesn't happen. Yeah, like I said, it's a slow process, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah. You know? So we're gonna finish with that one. Uh, next episode, we'll answer some questions about uh, different materials and different things that you have at your own house, like uh, electric toothbrush versus manual toothbrush. We'll talk about what a water pick is. And oh, we'll answer, your favorite. Yeah, right. We'll <laughs> answer some questions about that. But I felt like today we'll just focus on implants. And then kind of go from there. You know, we'll just stop on that part. Do you have anything else to add about implants? Or if you, you know, think that everybody should get an implant, then let's talk about that. You, you can be the uh, Oprah of implants. I mean, I, I would always recommend an implant when it's uh, re- restoring a single tooth and, you know, the neighboring teeth are in good condition. Right. Um, and sometimes you can actually use multiple implants put together to basically bring back someone's full arch you know, top or bottom uh, jaw, you know, put a few implants in there, uh, restore with a denture. Not everything is back together the way it used to be. So you can absolutely do that. If you have a denture and you want some retention, basically make it stronger, you can get implants put in there and then you can actually clip on your denture onto that implant. So now you can chew with it like you used to. You see, so implants are so beneficial in different ways, right? You can have, you can have um, multiple implants that are attached on, and only the dentist can take it in and out, okay? And you have your whole, uh, again, your whole jaw, upper jaw or lower jaw back to the way it was, and no one would even know because you don't take it in and out, okay? And and, and that's something that we can talk about another time. And I believe we talked a little bit about it in we, episode number 10 oh, yeah. with uh, the prosthodontist, Dr. Chris Dindle. So, again, there are so many different things you can do with implants. Um, in the end, we just know that implants are beneficial, and we like them because we do them. So I do why, don't, why don't more people get them? It, it's expensive. 
It really is. Okay. Implants are expensive and most of the time they're not covered by your insurance. Oh, so right, not every part of it is covered so. by your insurance again, right? So again, I think it goes back and I think you being a smart ass. <laughs> yeah, definitely being goes, a smart ass. It goes back to not your insurance doesn't always look out for your best interest. You know, there are other countries actually um Taiwan. Is it Taiwan? Yeah. That makes sure that if you lose all your teeth, you can at least get two implants? I need, I need to fact check this, but from my understanding, I think Taiwan places the most implants, there you go. like per capita, uh, but it's a covered benefit. Um, yeah, it is. And, uh, I mean, they're, the, the people there are obviously, they, they know what's, what's more beneficial. Right. I don't think they, I don't think they do it because, oh, you know, it's paying more money, but, uh, when you talk about the success rate of 80 and 90, uh, 2%, you're thinking about fixing a tooth one time. Right. That seems like that would add up. And then also, I mean, imagine losing all your teeth and having a denture that moves around, right? You basically now have issues with diet. Yeah. So your, your, your nutrition is suffering. Yeah. So an implant that allows you to, you know, be able to chew in and function the way you used to really is beneficial. And so I feel like some people, I wish people would see that and say, you know what, it's actually worth covering because you're trying to bring back function to somebody who's lost function. Well, do you think that, you know, a patient that all of their teeth need to come out and they know that and, but have you ever heard, oh, I'm just going to get a denture Absolutely. and they'll go back to no, do you, why do you think people think that just by having something that can go in and out that all of a sudden it's going to feel like they're, they like they have all their teeth again? Yeah, I mean, that's what they know. Sometimes that's what they know. You know, their moms or grandparents or whatever had dentures. So, of course, I'm going to get dentures, and it's fine, and I'm going to function with it. But most people don't realize that it's just like with anything, right? It's going to take a long time to get used to it because it's not what you had, right? If I, if you had your hands and I cut off your arm and I gave you a prosthesis, basically a fake arm or a fake leg, it's going to take you time, right? That's why, unfortunately, people have to go through uh, therapy, physical therapy to get used to using it that's basically a denture you have to get used to using it because it's a prosthesis that's why it's called a prosthesis it's not what you had before it's just representing or replacing what you have but not replacing it fully and implants the closest thing we have to replacing something fully making it the way it was you see And, and for those patients that you know you love chewing an apple in the morning and biting into it uh with a denture is I mean, is that possible? Well, Even um, a really good one. Some, it's, it's some very people, hard. Some people do it, but it's it's very difficult. It's like very I said, difficult. it takes a very long time to get used to it and function properly. And I'm not saying I don't like dentures. I think dentures are beneficial. But I do believe that with an implant added on, now you've got that retention that you need to hold that denture down so you can feel. chew and bite properly and do whatever you used to. Exactly. You know? So anyway, uh, let's jump off the soapbox. Okay. <laughs> this was probably the to... most serious... <laughs> Uh, podcast, a, but I hope that this is one that people learn. I know a lot. some of our listeners are like, "What the heck happened?" Right? No, 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 no. I, I think this was something that needed to happen because people. It's such a unique topic, and it's a unique material that we have to talk about it. I mean, I can make, you know, I can crack jokes later. Yeah, and I will. Very, you can see he's very serious when it comes to uh, yes. implants, which is what because, he does. Because you know, it's something that <laughs> I do a lot, and it's something that I've seen has benefited a lot of people. So it has to be said. I'll crack a joke next time. I'll tell yes. the story next time. So it is. Oh, what it can is. we can we follow up on one thing though? What's that? One kind of fun, funny tidbit. Uh, we did actually get a live re- uh, result from if it was creepy, the music that Doctor Aka plays while he's performing surgery, and it was confirmed that it is indeed creepy that you play uh, slow jams. Well, they said. Depends on what type of song. I think you asked them, what would you think <laughs> if if you heard sexual healing 
uh, being played while you're well, getting an implant. And she, the lady, you know, which I don't know if anybody should ever listen to her, whatever. She definitely uh, needed your services, by the way. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. But she was like, she's like, yeah, it would be kind of weird. And I said, well, no one asked you. And then I got upset and I said, you're not coming on the podcast. But I did ask her. <laughs> so once again, she's off the podcast. <laughs> I feel like I keep kicking people off every week. You're kind of turning into a dictator here. It is what it is. You don't. You either agree with me. <laughs> or you're never coming back. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening. We yes. appreciate you. Uh, have a good day. Good afternoon. Good See night. you next time on Tooth Be Told. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.